in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is Nora. Hi, this is Holly. And we are excited to have you on the show, Holly. It's been a <laughs> long time. You're excited to have me on the show. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be on the show with you too. <laughs> so, um, have we had any comments or reviews this week? Yeah, we've got a review yes. from Stephanie. Stephanie V five eight nine. Curious to know what that little number is, but uh, and she says uh, a must listen for anyone lis- uh, interested in China. Uh, this is one of my favorite podcasts around. The hosts Holly and Nora discuss a new question they receive each week in a fun and unique way. I traveled to Nanjing in the summer of 2007 and find myself missing China more and more. This podcast helps me get my China fix until I can get back over there. I hi- highly recommend this podcast to anyone interested in one China. Keep up the good work, ladies. Oh, that's nice. I feel like those who those people who are listening who do take the time to leave us a review,、mm. they always leave us like a stellar review. I mean,、yeah. that takes a lot of time to write all、yeah. that. So that's、Definitely. awesome. Yeah, Thank you so much.、Nice. Thank you. Very encouraging. It is、uh, all always and flattering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. This show is definitely an ego boost. I have to say.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well,、um, what do we have today in way of news? Okay. <laughs> so、uh, a gang of dudes in Guangdong <laughs> as- have been sentenced for catfishing clients by pretending to be sexy ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So, an unconventional gang specializing in prostitution was sentenced earlier this week at a Guangzhou court. All the defendants were dudes who masqueraded on WeChat as pre- pretty women to lure lure in clientele. So, I don't know if those of you who've been listening for a while might remember the story about a guy who was like dating. He had nineteen girlfriends <laughs> going on WeChat. So this is not like a new thing, really. This like. Conning people over WeChat is—it's pretty standard, I think.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,、uh, in total, nineteen men were on trial. They're mostly like in their twenties,、uh, but they've been using fake profile photos and altered voices. That's pretty like that's going all the way, isn't it? Yeah,、really? that like, is going all the way. If you go to the, the point where you alter your voice as well. Uh, in order to attract clients and offer their online services, some even help to organize meetings with actual like women. Wow.、Uh, so, the ringleader received seven years sentence and a three hundred thousand yuan fine. So that's about thirty thousand pounds, about forty-five-ish thousand dollars. And、uh, but he'd previously been he'd served four years. For f- theft in the past,、oh. and、uh, two other leaders of the gang were given five and six year sentences, and a hundred thousand yuan fine. Wow. Yeah. So apparently, this is actually there's a lot of arrests being going on in with you know with like related to prostitution and stuff, especially in the Guangdong province, which is where we are. <laughs> so,、uh, not that I've experienced anything like that. You haven't been arrested. No. <laughs> Although of course we you know we do have reputation for being Russian, Russian prostitutes, so、mm-hmm. you know we've got that burden too. Mm-hmm, too mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, pretty much. If you are a young, fairly attractive woman, white woman, 
in Guangdong province, they will assume that you are a Russian prostitute, <laughs> which happens to us on a daily basis. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> if you guys are hearing any beeps and boops and drillings, then it's because we're here at the office on a Saturday because we love you so much and we wanted to make yeah. sure that we got this podcast out this week. Mm-hmm. So please ignore the drilling <laughs> and yeah. interruptions. Yeah, I I was thinking when you were like explaining that situation that we were being like boxed in, like people are like drilling around us, but it's actually probably a couple of floors up. Yep, yep. Yeah, you always think that it sounds it's like right it's right upstairs, but then you go up the next stairs to ask the person to stop drilling and there's nobody there. Yeah. And you do that for the next four or five floors and you realize <laughs> it's way, way, way up there. It's the wafer thin buildings indeed, of China. Indeed, indeed. Let's not think about that. <laughs> So uh, let's get on to our question. And our question comes from Alina from Trinidad and Tobago. Cool. And she asks us, uh, how long did it take for you to pick up Mandarin? Uh, How long did it take for you to be able to have a normal conversation with anyone in China? And did you pick up any accent yet? So um, before we answer the question, I want to add the reason why this is like a written question was because of our little uh, written Chinese uh, competition we had a couple of months ago. So Alina's question is related to Chinese learning because it was to do with writtenchinese.com, which Mm -hmm. is our Chinese learning site and our... Uh, written Chinese dictionary app, which mm-hmm. you can get if you're interested in learning Chinese, which you ought to be. Mm-hmm, 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 <laughs> we talk mm-hmm. about it enough. We do talk about <laughs> you it. You should have just been convinced to download it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, if you are interested, get on over to Google Play or iTunes mm-hmm. App Store and search Written Chinese Dictionary and you will find it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is a really interesting question. I love this because I love talking about language learning and Chinese learning. So I'm excited to to answer some of these questions in here. Mm -hmm. So I think I'd like to start with the accent thing. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I've never thought about that before. So um, there, okay, Um, pretty much everybody who speaks Mandarin, Putonghua is how you say it in Chinese, has some kind of an accent because very few people speak Mandarin as their native dialect. Mm. So that being said, most people have some kind of an accent, which is kind of cool in a way because yeah. once you, it's it's more difficult for other people to detect your accent in a sense. Like mm. because it's nobody's native native language. Right. So I think it makes it easier to kind of like blend in, like I've been mistaken, you know, quite a few times I've gotten into the back of a cab and the cabbie hasn't looked at me and then I've told him where I want to go, we've done a little chit chat and then he looks in his rearview mirror and gets the shock of his life <laughs> to see a white woman sitting in That's the back That's happened there. to me and my Chinese is poop. No, your Chinese is good too. Oh, but um, yeah, so you can see that if, you know, if, if it was your native, it's pretty easy to tell in your native language when somebody's a foreigner. So, or has, you know, hasn't, also is not a native speaker. So, so that's kind of cool in a sense that it's not really anybody's native, native language. Yeah. So there are two main accents, though, when we talk about Mandarin. There's the northern accent and there is the southern accent. And we live in the south. So I would say that my Chinese definitely has more of the southern accent. Uh, Yeah, I... 
I um, it took me a long time to realize that it, like no one told me that this there was like a difference. Mm-hmm. So when I felt when I would see this like adding R to everything, <laughs> I just thought people just like to do it. What was that about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the most <laughs> obvious. I mean, for the most part, the northern and southern Mandarin is nearly identical. It's just a few um, small phrases. So, like, for example, words that end in I-A-N in pinyin. So, like, especially most obvious is dian. Dian means a little bit. So in the south, they like to um, say dian. They say dian, like, like it's written in pinyin. But in the north, they'll add an extra, actually, it's an extra Chinese character mm-hmm. after those words, which is yeah. sounds like R, and they'll kind of smash the words together. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, so if you want to say, like, a little of something in the north, you'll say idiar. But if you want to say a little of something in the south, then you'll say idian. Mm. So it's a little bit little bit different. Yeah, it's a bit, I think it's a little bit confusing. I think it's definitely something you you should be aware of when you come here because I, for it, I was just like, what are they, like, I thought it was something completely different, like a completely (laughs) different word. So I would hear someone say that and think, what does this mean? I don't know what this is because no one educated me Mm -hmm. in in that, oh, there's, there's a difference, like, you know, you should be aware of it. But I know that you, you had books, didn't you, that would that I was introduced to much later on that actually taught you like the Beijing like accent right yeah with that R but I never had like even the books I used like didn't for some reason didn't include that Mm -hmm. so I was I was a late yeah I'm late to everything (laughs) in fact (laughs) it's not something that's super important whether whether you say it as EDN or EDR people will will understand you and it's pretty easy to I actually myself I kind of do both, both a bit. Yeah. I don't know why, but sometimes, like, uh, for some phrases, I tend to use a northern accent, and for some phrases, mm. I tend to use a southern. I definitely have some of the southern habits of um, repeating things. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just like, natural. Just don't you think it just becomes natural after yeah, a while? Yeah, You does. just do it, and you're like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with repeating something three times. That's normal. <laughs> yeah, so like in, well, I, most Chinese people will do that, but mm-hmm. it's more accentuated in the South, and that's to like repeat the same word so in order to emphasize it. So like if, like again with this example of a little bit, in the South, instead of saying yi dian, people almost never say yi dian. They'll say yi dian dian. Because it's like mm. a little teeny bit. It's yeah. basically kind of how it would be translated. So they'll repeat some of the words to to emphasize, mm-hmm. which is more. I've I've definitely heard it more in the south than the southern people really like to do, to repeat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm wondering. I don't know if this is really like an accent thing. I don't think it is, but there's a lot of I have picked up the instead of saying anything, just making a noise. Oh yeah, <laughs> but they also if you they also kind of have characters. In oh, a way. they have characters for all those so sounds. So it's it's very cri- it's like it's it, I like it. I think it's actually pretty cool. But it's strange when you come across this and find like ah or something has its own character and you're like yeah. what? Well, how does it you know yeah just a noise because <laughs> there's also a difference in accent between girls and boys. Like girls, they'll tend to add this. <laughs> 
ah at the end of everything, especially when it's like cute little noses, yeah, like surprised. Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to say, oh, like it can't be, you know, like oh, it can't be, then you'd say, um, 不会 But if you say it like a girly girl, then you say 不会啊 or 不会吧 You have these、yeah. little、um, ad- additional words that、Particles. they just stick、yeah. on the end that makes it sound cuter. Yeah. 不会吧 Yeah. <laughs> It's endearing. It is.、Mm-hmm. But men probably won't use it as much.、Mm-hmm. But basically, the the ah. So ha- how I understand these is the ah is、um, It's the sweetest of all of them, and it it. Gives you a feeling of like,、uh, yeah, being sweet. So like, a lot of times when I say thank you, I add the ah to the end of it. Xie xie ah, xie xie ah. It's like you don't even. It's sometimes well after a point, it just becomes like, it's normal to do it. Like just natural. The way your words just end up.、Mm-hmm. Like you're not even、uh, consciously aware of it, really.、Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. After a while. Yep. And then the ba means more like, um, I'm okay with it, like just okay.、Mm. So if I say, how ah, then it's like okay, yeah, I really, that's great because how means good. So it's like oh how ah, so good. But then you say how ba, then it's like okay. Yeah, it's more of like I'm reluctant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have, they all have their own, and there are other ones too. Um, and like I think some of the other things that you're talking about are this like,、uh. yeah. If you're on the phone, if you hear someone on the、uh. phone, a Chinese person on the phone, it's just like a series of like it's almost like Morse code. That's how I like interpret. It's like dot 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 dash dash like yeah, basically. But it's like uh um mm 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 yeah. And then with like a good stuck in there like now and again. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I. Yeah, it's quite funny. It's great because you don't need to learn any Chinese to be able to understand、That's、what's、true. going on. That's <laughs> true, and you can use those noises even if you don't understand someone. So if you like, if you're in a taxi, you know, and they might start to,、uh, they could talk to you, and you can just make a noise,、yeah. and that mm, mm, whatever, mm, like mm, mm. you can allow them to think that means yes or no or whatever. <laughs> you just make the noise, and that's it. And they're just like, oh, oh. yeah, and they'll do the same back, and you're just like, okay, we understand each other. In a way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> indeed. My other one that I'm like highly addicted to, that I'm almost getting annoyed with myself at using so much, is the shiba. <laughs> so shiba is like, it means. So it's got sh sh is is, like to be basically. If you put it into the infinitive, the the verb to be. So that's sh. So like 我是美国人 that means I am American. But they also use this sh in a combination with ba to mean like right.、Mm. So like you say a phrase, like a lot of people in English would say a phrase, and then put like it's not really a question, but it's kind of like a suggestion. Yeah, kind of. We should do this, right?、Mm-hmm. Or yeah, well, that's、yeah. a question, but a lot of,、uh, maybe I can't think of a great example of it in English where it's not a question. Or like he's really tall, right?、Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're saying a statement, and you're not really asking, asking a, question. a question. It's almost like rhetorical, isn't it? Yeah, way, I guess. Yeah. So, so, so. so this in Chinese is shiba. So after everything, you can say shiba, like after every statement. And I, <laughs> I have that bad habit of just like blah 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 shiba shiba shiba. <laughs> it's really addicting.
Because <laughs> they always use it. It really makes you sound native. Mm. So so it's easy to to get hooked on that one. Yeah. Yeah, there's the row there's like la. Yeah, la. La is in there as, as well. La. I like all those little articles. No. Yeah, yeah. no is a funny one. Anyway. Do we have an article on richinchinese.com about those about part about those different little ending uh, particles? No, we don't. We we we've got one about the d particle, like the the different ways you can use the d. Particle. Okay, well, we should definitely make one but of those. But that's more sometime. about grammar. Coming soon. Yeah. Maybe by the time you listen to this, it'll already be out there, so you can go to writtenchinese.com and search particles. Maybe mm. you'll find it. Maybe you won't. Maybe you will. <laughs> well, so, I'm writing it down. That's a good start. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, I like to talk about some of the other parts of this question, too. Uh-huh. Um, it seems like the main question is, how long does it take to pick up Chinese? So, it's exactly 28 days. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, this question has a lot of variables. Mm. So, it's mm. not... <laughs> so, it's not really straightforward to answer. Um, the question itself is a little bit deceiving uh, because what does it actually mean to pick up a mm-hmm. language? Um, you, like, I've been learning, I've been in China for s- almost seven years now and I'm still learning Chinese. So, ha- does it take seven years to pick up Chinese? I don't know. I don't know what the scale is for that. Um, I guess what she means is to be able to communicate. communicate. I think so. And if that's the case, then it really depends on you. I've known people who have come to China and who have been in China for years and who still can't communicate in Chinese. And then I know people who came and after two months were communicating mm-hmm. in Chinese. So it's not because, and it's it's really interesting. This this friend of mine is really inspiring. He he's not particularly book smart. He's not. There's nothing necessarily outstanding about his language skills. But what's really inspiring is just his tenacity and his willingness to communicate. So he basically he just takes the limited amount of things that he knows and he just uses them to the fullest extent. And he, do you remember Valio? After two months mm-hmm. of being in China, he oh. was speaking. If he's listening, Valio, you are awesome. But he was speaking Chinese on the phone, and he, he was really oh, communicating yeah. after two months of being here. Cool. So there's there's a huge difference. I think a lot of people, their mistake is that they're afraid to speak. Like they they want to wait to speak until they think they can say every sentence perfectly. So they hesitate. And they're like, wait, 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 I'll, I don't know how to speak Chinese yet, so I'll just wait. Just wait. I need to learn just, like, a few more words, and then I'll be able to speak. And that's such a huge mistake. The easiest way to learn is to be, like, to be in those situations and have them have Chinese people correct you or teach you new words. Those kind of memories stick in your brain way more yeah. than vocabulary words. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I mean... I agree, like, having Chinese people, like, if, say, for example, you have a local shop, just, if you go to the shop, like, I would, I mean, because I, I kind of got to know them, so I wouldn't feel so embarrassed about speaking, because they knew, like, my Chinese was fairly limited, so I would sometimes try and ask for something, 
and then I would say like how how do you say this and then so I learned all kinds of it was mostly fruit uh, <laughs> that and fruit and vegetables that I learned there because that's what I was asking for but I I I I kind of asked them and they were really willing to help mm-hmm. and actually most people are like you get some yeah, people who help. are not as friendly yeah, but you just well. can't let those people first of all Chinese people are not an easy read so what might be what might seem unfriendly to you might actually be something completely different yeah. like especially in southern china they have this reputation for being really rough mm-hmm. in the beginning but then you realize they're just you know they just have kind of a tougher exterior in a sense but actually they're really sweet yeah <laughs> and it's not necessarily a personal thing i had a in my at my local supermarket i would go in and quite regularly and there was the same lady she was always on you know like the weighing like on the scales and at first i thought she really hates me like why does she hate me? she dislike <laughs> me so much and then like just after a while she would actually start to like acknowledge me i think it was just a case she just didn't know me it wasn't a personal thing and now we have we don't chit chat or anything but we acknowledge each other and we're polite mhm mhm yeah. yeah so i think you can take a limited number of vocabulary words mm-hmm. as a start and you just go and use them and you will learn way faster if you just try to use them in context. So if you want to go to the shop, just learn a couple words related to the the shop and then just try to use I mean I also made a similar mistake where I was like I want to say it perfectly right and I would get really frustrated if I got the tone wrong. Oh, I said the tone wrong. Oh man, it's like such a big deal and that's the wrong approach. You just the point of language is to communicate. So it doesn't as long as you're getting your point across, then it doesn't matter how you, like what vehicle you use mm-hmm. to get there. And I I know I there are some words that I've, you know, flipped through my flashcards over and over and over again and I they just don't really sink in. But then I'll be in situations where I need that word or somebody tells me that word and that moment sticks in my brain so well and it makes it effortless to remember like human memory. I'm actually doing a like a I don't know if you guys have heard of the great courses, but they're like lectures and classes um online. And I'm doing one that's like the scientifics of a of a great memory or something like that hmm. and it talks about how our brain is specifically meant to remember things in a specific way so for example if you like most people first of all the whole principle is that most people have about the same memory capacity there's very few people whose memory is better than other people mm-hmm. and if it is it's only slightly better it's just those people who seem to have a really good memory they just know how to use their memory and that can be taught and that's a really interesting mm. concept to think about so if you are struggling with your vocabulary words and you're you know you're flipping through your cards and you forget some and you get really frustrated and you're like oh my memory is just bad or you know I'm stupid you know people get really hard on themselves that's because you're using like an artificial way to remember those things. That's not how humans learn language. Humans learn language on a need to know basis. So when you're a child and you want to be picked up, then you know the word for up because you really want to be picked up, mm-hmm. so you just say up 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 and you cuz you know that will get your point across. Yeah. And I would encourage you to try and do the same thing in Chinese. So just take any of the limited words that you know and try just try to put them into practice and if somebody says something to you that you don't understand just say tingbudong 
And ting budong is the key. And you just and then they'll say it again or they'll choose different words and yep. you just you have to be really persistent mm-hmm. and thick skinned for any kind of language learning. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, just, you, f- you need to fill in the gaps, find ways to fill in the gaps. I've drawn pictures for people before. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you want? Um, like, I don't have a phone. Plant. Yeah, he's a pi- <laughs> he's a piece of paper. Because the I've had, like I'm sure you've had this as well. Like where you don't understand each other like through sp- the spoken language, so they'll write the characters. Well, mm-hmm. heck, if like, I can't <laughs> speak it, how do you think I'm going to be able to read this language? <laughs> so sometimes I've been like, no, nah, that's not going to work. I'm just going to draw you a picture of a banana. There you go. What do I want? So there's you know, the other thing I want sausages or I don't know bananas. Hopefully, mm-hmm. but so yeah, that's that's another way. Yeah, <laughs> and um, one thing that will definitely help is to just yeah, like some I've heard some people say like, oh yeah, I'd really love to go to China, but I just want to work a little bit harder on my Chinese mm. first before I go. So just go. I mean, there's you can study your whole life with a book. And get to China and not understand everything. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. What's the level? What's the point where you're going to feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I mean, if I wasn't fast, I don't think I would voluntarily, like, speak. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know myself, like, I need to be put in a situation where I'm like, okay, this is the only option. Because I feel, like, so uncomfortable, embarrassed, whatever. So... Yeah, which is another point, is definitely to speed up your language learning the best thing to do is just to go solo. Mm-hmm. I find that if you are with somebody who speaks your native language, it's detrimental to your Chinese. Or if you're with somebody who speaks better Chinese than you do, then it's also detrimental to Definitely. your Chinese. The best thing to do is to put yourself in an environment where there's nobody who's speaking English. Nobody. And you just have to try to survive. You have to try and get what you want and try to communicate. And if you really want to pick up Chinese quickly, you just spend the whole day trying to communicate. You find yourself somebody who is patient enough and interested enough to to sit with you the whole day. A lot of these shopkeepers, they are just completely down to just sit all day and chat to you because they're at the yeah drink tea because they're at the shops anyway. So you'll find somebody who's willing to just sit there and explain things to you. And you'll learn so quickly that way. Mm. Yeah, if you could do you like your shopping like in a local area, you'll meet lots of people, and they'll recognize you, and you have some kind of you get some kind of rapport, and then that's easier to, I don't know, to not use them, but to to allow them to teach you, I guess, mm-hmm. ask them questions. Mm-hmm. So I would say if if you want to put any kind of a number on it, I would say if you're if you're using this kind of approach where you're just pushing yourself out there and you have a basic understanding, like it does take a little bit of time. I think you need to do a little bit of prep work, just learning the sounds of the language, um, like as in learning the alphabet in English or something like that. And that would take you about maybe a week to learn to learn the sounds. Um, and it takes a lot of careful listening. And then if you just kind of study a very basic level of Chinese just to figure out how the sentences are put together. Fortunately, the grammar in Chinese is almost non-existent. It's just like, I go store. 
I buy fruit. You know, it's mm-hmm. not... They have some... There are patterns. Yeah, they definitely have patterns, but for the most part, there's no there's no conjugation, so you don't have to learn past tense, future tense, mm-hmm. present perfect, all participles, and stuff like that. It's really, really basic. Yeah. So you can just try to, like, stick words together, and you'd be surprised how accurate you can be just by, like, <laughs> shoving a bunch of words together. Yeah, and they're probably going to get you meaning anyway. Yeah. So I'd say if you had, like, one or two weeks of prep... And then you had a couple months where you were actually, like, communicating with Chinese people. By the end of those few months, you would be, you would have picked up Chinese. But most people don't do that. Most people, they stay in their comfort zone and they slowly learn quietly at home in the dark in a corner (laughs) so that they don't get embarrassed when they go outside. And that's why it takes them forever. And the other problem with it is the listening component. Because if you're just learning and reading off of books, you might think that you're saying it correctly, but then when you go out, you realize that you don't understand what people are saying to you or they don't understand you. So that listening component, it's really hard to do that by yourself at home. So I'm sorry to say it, but you can't just cover yourself in a blanket and, you know, whip through your vocabulary words over and over and over again. You have to get out and communicate. Yeah, and if you're not in China, like, I think one of the biggest... I I imagine, like, the only time I've ever ever learned Chinese was in China, but I know there's so many people out there who are still in their home countries learning Chinese. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, with that point about accents, there are lots of different sound... you, You hear... Chinese spoken by lots of different people from all over China and they do sound different and I think it can be a shock to the system to get here and realize that people don't sound like the book that you you know the CD you were listening to Mm -hmm. so I think try and like listen to different like TV watch watch some Chinese TV and stuff like that to get yourself aware of different accents because even being here it's kind of it's a surprise to hear different dialects I guess Mm -hmm. yeah and that's a good point yeah if you are it doesn't mean that you can't learn any of the language when you're abroad but it is definitely harder Mm -hmm. but you can kind of replicate being in China by doing things like Holly mentioned you just try to watch Chinese movie movies yeah um you can like if you have the patience what I used to do before coming to China was I'd find a Chinese movie on Netflix, and then I would just sit with the pause button, and I would I would have them say a sentence, and then I would literally just pause the movie after every sentence and try to think if I, if I could pick out any of the words in the sentence. And then if I got one or two words in the sentence, then I would move on to the next mm-hmm. sentence. And slowly you build your vocabulary that way. Or if you hear words that are repeated over and over again, obviously those are the ones that you want to learn. Yeah. So there are ways. And then, of course, there are Chinese people everywhere. So it's hard to believe that you wouldn't be able to find any native speakers of Chinese. And there's also online um, tutors and stuff. We actually have a partnership with italki. So you can find some language partners over Skype and stuff uh, there for very reasonable prices. So you can try that, too. But I encourage you to ask the teacher not to speak any English. Even if you're just starting out, just have them speak slowly. Explain, you know, like, if you have a good teacher, they'll know how to do this. 
ex slowly explain things in Chinese and explain again, explain again, explain again until you get it and then move on to the next topic. But if they're teaching you in English, it's just it's just going to be way slower Slow, of a yeah. process. It's not natural. Kids don't learn their their languages by being told a different language and then translating. You know, it's much it's just not an unnatural way to learn and that's why so many people struggle and get frustrated with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah, I would agree. Another thing that I would encourage you to do if you want to pick up Chinese faster is to find something that you love and do it in Chinese. Like I've been taking some art classes lately. And I'm taking them in Chinese, and that is so great because it's something that I'm interested in learning to do is sketching, um, but I'm doing it in a Chinese environment. So if there's any way that you can replicate that, then I would suggest finding like let's say you really there's a lot of TV show clones. <laughs> so I I liked America's Next Top Model, and I'm not afraid to admit it. And so I found the Chinese equivalent here, and it's really good. And you know, you so you know what the show is about. It's a lot of um, like drama and um, fights and things like that. And so, you you you, it's very easy to follow it, even if you don't understand much Chinese. But it's something that I enjoy. I like I like seeing how the pictures turn out at the end of the show. And so, watching it in Chinese to me, I actually enjoy watching it. If you force yourself to watch some kind of historical drama, it's going to be really hard. <laughs> it's going to be really, really hard because you don't really want to do that, unless you're into that. But, yeah. but yeah, if you find something that you're interested in and then are able to do it in Chinese, that's great because then your brain, you, you look forward to doing it, so you don't skip it that many times, and then you associate the Chinese words with something that you like. And so it really sticks better that way. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a nice suggestion. We've got a few articles actually on writtenchinese.com. If you, we've got uh, TV dramas, reality TV, and t game shows all in Chinese. Mm -hmm. So you can, if you wanna, if you're not sure where to start, you can just go to writtenchinese.com and search for Chinese TV, and all three of those articles will come up. And there's, you know, some different shows for you to choose from to just to have a watch and see what you think. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of her question was about the like how long did it take you to speak a normal conversation? Um, that's also a little tricky to to say because even again now today after I feel confident about my Chinese, it's been all these years. There are still moments in a conversation where I'm like, "What? What did you just say?" But you do that in English too. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes you don't. You need people to clarify. Um, but it. I'd say for me it took at least six months to do any kind of back and forth conversing. But again, I wasn't that good at doing I, – I didn't follow my own advice I'm giving you now. This is hindsight 2020. And I would try to study it at home and then try to use what I studied out in the world. And really you should just go out in the world and then review that stuff at home. So like I said, our friend who – he was, I mean, he was conversational at the end of two months. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy because he just had his mindset that they, he was going to find a way to communicate with them. And he was just persistent and ballsy, and he just went for it. So, again, this, this greatly varies, but it can be done w way quicker than most people end up doing it just because they don't take the right approach. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's very easy, especially when you're in a big city, to just to get around the speaking. You can speak a minimum. Like there's sometimes. Um, I mean, now I'm better than I used to be, like about putting myself out there and getting out of my comfort zone. But sometimes, like in a week, I, I don't even speak to anyone. <laughs> like it's not because I'm trying to get out of it. It's just because I I just don't. You don't have to. I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. And even in the you know in the in a mall, if I need to get something, like uh, say for example. I need contact lenses. Um, there are times and I'll go prepared and I'll be like, I'll often think about the conversation I'm going to have with someone beforehand, so I'll like play it out in my head. Which you know there are pros and cons with that with that idea because obviously sometimes if they don't respond in the way you anticipated, then it can throw you off and you're like, oh, I don't know what to say now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes I've gone in and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna ask for this. I'm gonna start the conversation, and then they speak to you in English. You're like, damn. <laughs> so that can that can uh, scupper your progress a little bit, but I guess just don't go to the malls. <laughs> Stay in your little like local area because probably no one's gonna speak English if you're in China, of course. If you're not, uh, there's always Chinatown. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, but take care. A lot of people in Chinatown, at least in the U.S., oh, are Cantonese, Cantonese speakers. Yeah. So I hope that was interesting and that you learned a little something. I hope that we answered your question. I'm sorry that it's not a straightforward answer, Alina, but that's just the nature of language learning. Yeah. <clears throat> you find people who seem to seem to pick it up really quickly, mm. and those who just don't seem to get it. And it's honestly, it's not about skill. It's not about intelligence. It's about how you're learning and how you're choosing to use the language. Yeah, and I think it's being aware as well. Like, if you if you don't open your ears, you're never actually really going to hear what's happening. That took me a long... I mean, I don't even know if I'm there yet, like, to actually open my ears and, like, actually listen instead of being like, I'm. my ears are actually closed to Chinese because I think I can't understand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Maybe that's a strange way of looking at it, but... Yeah, it's active listening. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so if you're in a if you're in a room and people are speaking in Chinese, maybe you don't understand them, but listen. Mm. Just try to find, grab onto like maybe you hear a word. What's nice about Chinese is that every syllable is one word. So unlike in English, you can just grab one syllable and then you can look it up mm, yeah. in your dictionary and you can learn. Okay, they they were saying this. So you just. If you if you actively listen, it can just greatly, greatly... First of all, it's more interesting. You're not sitting in a room like where people are talking yeah. and you're just bored. And secondly, it's such a great skill to acquire, especially with a language that's so different from Western European languages. Is uh, it's Once you have that fine-tuning... And Chinese is not easy to learn but once you are able to listen you can use that skill to learn any other language and it's it's much easier actually Mm. (laughs) like since learning Chinese now I'm I'm kind of learning Bulgarian but it's it's coming so naturally because I had to try I had to learn all these new methods for learning Chinese and it made learning Bulgarian much 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 easier so it almost becomes second nature that's that's pretty cool Yeah. yeah it's great so, do we have um, a word of the week? We gave them a lot of words, didn't we? But yeah, um, I'm thinking something. That they, I don't know, like um, 
I don't know. Well, we can, yeah, so um, to say, like, a conversation or, like, mm. a dialogue in Chinese is dui hua. So hua is to speak, and it's, like, uh, dui hua is, like, yeah, dialogue. Cool. So so we can, we can leave you with that little nice. nugget along with our other shiba and ba and ah and yeah. na and uh. I love those. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> as well as any other articles we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put links to the news article. I'll link to the dictionary so you can learn more about those things that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is episode 47, by the way, so you can find all those links at writtenchinese.com slash episode 47. And a friendly, friendly reminder to leave us a voicemail at writtenchinese.com slash voicemail with any of your questions about Chinese learning or about life in China in general. Yeah. See you next time. See you. Bye. Bye.